Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to Girl on Fire podcast on the Believe Network, New York's number one podcast network for personal growth. This is your host, Kirsten Franklin. All right, guys, on this week's episode, we have an international speaker, New York Times bestselling author, entrepreneur, and business mentor. She's probably best known for being the co-author of the bestseller Rich Dad, Poor Dad with Robert Kiyosaki. And in fact, she actually served as CEO of the Rich Dad Company and was responsible for really developing it into the global brand that it is today. She contributed over 14 other books besides Rich Dad, Poor Dad to that Rich Dad series. You might also know her because she was more recently brought in to, for lack of a term, revive the Napoleon Hill Foundation, right? Really bring that uh, information to us again. And I'm telling you, she's successful because I don't think I know anyone who hasn't read something from that foundation and something written by her. So she actually wrote Think and Grow Rich, Three Feet from Gold. And she wrote one of my hands down favorite, Outwitting the Devil. And she wrote Think and Grow Rich for Women. What you might not know is she was actually appointed to the first president of the United States Advisory Council on Financial Literacy. So she served on the council both under President Bush and President Obama. So please welcome the one and only Sharon Lecter. Welcome, Sharon. Thank you so much, Kirsten. I'm delighted to be with you. I am super psyched to get into how to exit rich. But before we do that, You know, yes, people know you from Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yes, people know you from the Napoleon Hill Foundation. Of course, you've co-authored many books. You've won literally pages of awards. So when my team did research, it was like literally pages. And I'm like, damn, good. But, you know, what I don't think many people know is that you really have this passion for advocating for financial literacy, right? And it's obviously it plays out in your everyday and you excel at it, but you know, where does that really come from? Why is it so important that the rest of us understand this stuff? Well, thank you for the question. I actually grew up in a very entrepreneurial home and rejected it. Didn't want to be an entrepreneur. We lived in an old tiny house between my mom's beauty shop and my dad's used car lot. I had to go scrub out um, rental properties between tenants when I was 10. You know, I said, and my friends, their parents were CEOs or military officers. And I go, I want to be like them. And my, you know, I was the first generation to go to college. I was bound and determined I was going to be a professional. So I got my degree in accounting. I was one of the very first women in public accounting in the Southeast United States. Started with Coopers and Lyburn back then when there was a big eight accounting firms and loved it. I was doing great. But, you know, ripe old age of 25, I woke up and said, you know, I'm working in godly hours. This is crazy. All of a sudden, my parents started looking a lot smarter. (laughs) <laughs> and about that time, one of my clients um, offered me to go with him. He was buying a company out of bankruptcy. And I still remember going back to my apartment with the old yellow legal pad because this is well before PCs or Apples or cell phones even. And I did the whole pros and cons on a yellow legal pad. It didn't help me, but I could argue both sides. But my hand took off across the top of the page and wrote, why not? Why not do something different? Why not take the path less traveled? Why not? see what I could do. Why not solve a problem or serve a need? So I made the decision to leave public accounting. 
happened to be the worst business decision of my life still to this day. But had I not made that decision, I wouldn't have met a young attorney named Michael Lecter. And we, in September, will have been married 41 years. So um, Napoleon Hill himself says, out of every adversity comes a seed of an equal or greater benefit. And I got instant feedback, worst business decision, best life decision. So, Mm -hmm. but that started my entrepreneurial career. I started and sold a woman's magazine. I started talking book industry with kids books and sounds strips down the side and it was a time of kids didn't have electronics. And so it's like, how can we get parents to trust us? And so we aligned with little companies like Disney, Warner Brothers, Sesame Street, Marvel Comics, and it helped us explode that around the world. Sold that company and moved to Arizona in 1991, a long time ago. And in 92, our oldest son went off to college and got into credit card debt. So it took me a long time to get to the answer to your question, but it was December of 92 when I realized we aren't teaching our kids about money. Mm. I was mad at him, but I was more mad at myself. And so I dedicated the rest of my career to financial literacy, financial education. I'm as passionate about that today as I was back then. And you fast forward a few years is when I met Robert Kiyosaki. He was actually coming to see my husband to patent a board game. And um, my husband said, you need to meet this guy because the board game cash flow. I was the only one that got out of the rat race during the beta test. So that's how we met at the very first beta test. And I told him, you know, my background that I volunteered to help him commercialize the game. And during that process, he told me he wanted to charge $200 for it. And I said, well, you probably should write a brochure. Um, to explain the philosophy. And that brochure was a little book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Nobody under, knows that background. It was never expected to be a, a product in its own right, certainly not to sell over 30 million copies. So, And that was when we became partners. And I, we were partners in the company, and I ran the company as a CEO for 10 years. And during that process, we wrote 15 books together and spread the brand around the world, around the globe, well over 110 countries, over 50 languages. So it was quite quite the right. And it was you know the right message at the right time, getting people to understand to buy, build, and create assets, to not just work for money, exchange time for money, but to invest your time in building assets. Yeah, that basic principle still holds true today, for sure, you yes. know? You say it was the worst decision, but I'm like, sitting here looking at you, I'm like, I think it actually ended up good. Maybe not immediately did it feel good, but it certainly ended up just fine. <laughs> um, yes. But so, so tell me, actually, that, that brings me to a question. I just kind of popped in my head. What do you think the biggest barrier right now, right? Because here we are today, present day, we have TikTok, we have everything you need to know of, of human making ever is in the pocket is in your pocket it's on your phone it's on google it's in the internet it's in space right um what do you think the biggest barrier is to two people accessing financial literacy i think it's the the fear we are brought up in a time when we're not being taught about money in school and so we grow up hearing things like money doesn't grow on trees pinch your pennies save for a rainy day Mm. so we grow up as kids money negative money negative money negative And that builds a sense of scarcity. And so we have a mindset of scarcity. And then when we make some money, we are afraid we're going to lose it. And parents don't want to talk about it because they themselves don't know about money. And so we have to break that cycle. If we truly want every child to have equal opportunity, we will demand that financial literacy be taught in school so that every child has equal opportunity to succeed. I love it. Like I really think that this younger set, and I can only speak, I have a 12-year-old daughter. And man, 
whether it's from TikTok or wherever, <laughs> they're getting it. You know, like my daughter knows all about all the life insurance policies I have on myself and her. Right. She understands exactly what they're what they're meant to do. She understands exactly which policies do what for us. And, you know, <laughs> you know, she's a 12 year old girl, but <laughs> she she will come in and she'll say like these little sassy things. Or, like she'll learn something and she'll go, why isn't that taught in school? Like, oh, because I'm really going to need, you know, this, you know, I'm going to need to know how to multiply this and do the square root of this because that's really going to be beneficial. I just it cracks me up. I think they really get something different. This this different generation coming up. And I think COVID helped that because they're all forced at home watching TikTok. Sounds like you need to get my game Thrive Time for Teens for your 12-year-old oh, daughter. It's uh, my, on my website or at Amazon, Thrive Time for Teens. It's got a lot of humor in it, but it teaches teens. It's a money and time game, and it teaches them decision-making. That's you know, awesome. Every decision they make, is it driving them towards success or not? Yes, so, yes. I talk about that in habits. I'm like, it doesn't matter what you do. The only question, is it going to get you closer to or further away from the thing that you want, period. There is no in-between, right? So let's talk about your new book. Um, I read your new book and I love it. I think it's so relevant for not just all business owners. Like, you know, we we can sit back and watch news and be like, oh yeah, like they, they did this. They went public. They did this. They sold. Ooh, they're fancy. They're big. But I love how it brings it down to, we should be looking at this. I don't care if you're like the mom and pop real estate investment startup, right? Like we really should be looking at this. And I'm actually working with a CEO who's founding and starting two companies right now, side by side. And, you know, I'm having this conversation with her as well, because I'm like, you have to have the separation of these companies because you're not going to get to that next, you're not even going to get to the next level of getting financing properly and getting, you know, venture capital funding because you're doing something weird in the beginning. And I figured, let it not come from me. I'm like, let it come from you. <laughs> so she's got the book. Um, but, you know, let's talk about this. You know, why, why write How to Exit Rich? For, for those who are listening, let's talk about the book and then let's talk about why write it, right? Sure. Absolutely. When you start a business, it's either A or B. A, you start it to work until the day you die. Or B, you want to build something that provides something, financial security for yourself, your family, and able to get your time back. Everybody answers B. But most of them are building A. Because they haven't taken the time to build the structure and to understand how to create their successful business so that it's sustainable, scalable, and saleable. You don't need to sell it, but you want to be able to sell it. 80 to 85% of businesses that want to sell cannot sell because they've not structured themselves properly. They don't have, they haven't done their homework. They haven't crossed their T's and dotted their I's. And so in Exit Rich, we, we, we make it pretty simple. We give a floor plan of how to really review your business and make sure it's set up appropriately. My co-author, Michelle Seller-Tucker, is a business broker. She has mergers and acquisitions specialists. I come at it from a mentor and as a, as a financial mind, as well as an investor. How do you, what's the strategy? So she's tactical, I'm strategy. Understanding how to build that business. And she has a thing, she uses six Ps, um, people. Who's on your team? Do you have people on your team who are strong where you are weak? Do you have the right advisors? Do you have the right mentors? And then the second P is your product, all right? You may have 
one product that should could potentially be three or four. And so understanding those products and then processes, your business systems. You can't build a house without plumbing and electrical. Okay, those are kind of boring unless you're a plumber and an electrician, but you have to have them. Same thing in a business. You need to have the systems that which allows you to scale your business. And then the fourth P is proprietary. Your intellectual property, those intangible assets, what's not on the books, all right? Your reputation, your goodwill, your patents, copyrights, trademarks, so important. That's what gives you competitive advantage. And then your patrons, you just mentioned TikTok. A lot of young people today are building businesses and they're they're so excited they have a million followers on TikTok or Instagram or, or Facebook, but they're not yours. They can get turned off. And so, yes, you want that as lead generation, but you want to invite them home. You want to have systems that bring them into your database because many companies sell simply for their database. That's your patrons. And then the six P is your profits. Well, too many people just concentrate on the product and the profits and the products, the profits don't get as high as they could if you don't have the other P's working. And so that's, we wanted to really structure it out on how to build your business and how to review your business so that you have the best opportunity to get the greatest value, the greatest price to be able to exit rich. Absolutely. Now I have my own opinion, but you tell me why now, why is this important right now? Well, there are so many to the, the six months at the beginning of 2021 compared to the six months of 2020, there was a 60% increase in filing for new businesses in the U.S. alone. 60% increase. In 2020, it was 20% over the year before. So it's usually like 4 to 5%. It's 20% in 2020, 60% greater um, filings in 2021. So all of these new businesses, whether by choice or by default, because they lost their jobs, are being started. People are not being taught how to build businesses. So we wanted to provide the information to help people create a business that has sustainability and scalability. And you have to start with the end in mind or else you're going to be working until the day you die. Right, and that's true for anything. When you set a goal, end in mind, right? How are you going to get there? People don't really apply that so often. And I love the six Ps. And what I love about this book, and you said it, is, you know, so many businesses have been started. And I think that people don't, they think so big sometimes, like it's so much bigger than them, that, like, oh, they're not going to be the type that gets sold. But actually, it's not even that. It's that reading this book will give them the pieces that people come to me and pay me hundreds of thousands of dollars to help them with. And really, they literally can get it from the book. Like they can literally get it from the book. Like I read the book and I was like, oh, damn. All right. You and your six Ps. I'm like, all right. <laughs> like, like, where's my job going? Right. But they, they can. And, you know, I have friends that have started something, even as something as simple as like an oils product, right? Like, um, and you know, when you look at this and you talk about those six Ps, they should be looking at this because there is something to be protected. Right. And and so. Sure. And they've, and they've got that unique competitive advantage. The problem is, are their hands tied with only one supplier 
Well, that's going to threaten their ability to scale. That's going to threaten their ability to sell the company if they're, you know, so again, you have to think from, from very beginning to the very end, making sure you have the greatest flexibility and the greatest ability to scale. Yeah. And I want everyone to hear this right now, because, you know, you're talking about that and they're probably like, well, I'm not really trying to get that big. All right. Stop lying to yourself. If you're working a full-time job and this is your side gig, you are full of shit if you're not trying to get that big because you started this side gig because it made you happy and you hoped it would make you the money one day so you cannot do your slave labor. And so you need to look at these pieces because when you have that ability and you're about to flip that switch and then you can't because you didn't do this, you're going to be like, Ugh. You know, and no, you're not dead in the water. You will figure it out. But wouldn't it have been nicer to have previously thought about it and just, you know, and you don't have to go all super in detail, but it's something in the back of your mind. So as these things come up, you make your your flow so much easier and you're not having to stop every year to redo some part of something and slow it all down. Right. That's right. Or you have somebody that is interested in buying you. They come in and they start asking you questions that you should be able to say yes to, but you have to say no because you haven't gotten all the agreements signed. You don't have you don't have agreements with your customers that can be assigned. So you have to go back to the drawing board. So all we're we're giving the information to set it up properly and to make sure, um, even if you didn't set it up properly, how to correct it so that when you do want to position yourself for sale, you cross the T's and you look pretty good when they come in. And that's what you know if not. Else, we want you to look good and get the highest value possible. Yes, for sure. For sure. Let me ask you this. So, what's been your biggest challenge so far in you know writing this book and getting it out there? Well, the pandemic, this book was ready to be published in April of 2020. Oh, wow. And, okay. Uh, with, the, with the pandemic, we ended up delaying it until June of 2021. So that was obviously the biggest frustration because we wanted to get the information out to people as quickly as possible. But um, we're very excited about it. It hit the USA Today bestseller list. It hit the Woo! Wall Street Journal bestseller list. It's still topping number one in several different categories on Amazon. So we're very pleased with, with the reception we've had and the fact that it does have thousands of dollars of experience and, and information in a $25 book. So, yeah, 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 for sure. Let me ask you this. I asked this of a lot of people. What has been the greatest piece of advice you have ever gotten? I grew up with a father who asked me every night, Sharon, have you added value to someone's life today? And I think at the end of the day, that's that's the most important thing for me is I still ask, he's been gone 15 years, but I still ask myself that every night. Have I added value to someone's life today? Wow, that's a great question. I love that question. And what's been the absolute worst piece of advice you've gotten to date? When at any cost. Mm. I like that too. That's nice. Nice. And, you know, tell, tell the listeners a little bit, obviously you mentioned Amazon, where can they get this book? Um, the book is available through all your book retailers. So you can do Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, your local bookstores. You can come to SharonLector.com. And if you order- I recommend that. Yes, if, you, if you order it through SharonLector.com, I will autograph it for you. So just put, your, put it in the notes. So well, I'll just have to buy another one then. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely. We will direct them absolutely to SharonLector.com. And if there's anything you want to leave our audience with, what would that be? 
Well, I think um, in my first book with the Napoleon Hill Foundation, I wrote Three Feet from Gold. We shared the personal success equation. You can find this at personalsuccessequation.com, and it's free. And it's really taking your passion and your talent. So for me, my passion came from anger that we weren't teaching kids about money in school. My talent was my accounting degree and all my years in publishing. And most of us stop there. We think we have to do it on our own. Entrepreneurship can be very lonely. But true success comes from combining your passion and your talent times a power of association. Who are you hanging out with? Mm. Who are your mentors? Who's on your team? Who's opening doors for you? And then times a action. How many times do we know we're supposed to do something? We simply don't do it. And then plus F, faith, faith and confidence in yourself, faith that what you're doing, faith that is needed, necessary, and faith that you will succeed. And when I start working with somebody, I take them through that P plus T, passion, talent, times association, times action, plus faith, and figure out where they need to start working first. And mainly, it's the power of association and the faith in themselves that they need the most work on. And they go hand in hand. Because when you have the right people around you and you have the right advisor, the right mentor, when you have a bad day, they, they lift you up. And so self-confidence and the power of association are incredibly important for people. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you, Sharon, so much for being with us this week. Thank you, Kirsten. I appreciate you. Please visit SharonLector.com and you can find me everywhere instagram twitter yeah, not tiktok but everywhere else just share it like her. <laughs> all right awesome you have a good one thank you so that is it for this week thank you for joining me and i hope that you enjoyed today's show if so don't forget to rate it if you guys have a pressing question feel free to tweet me at cs thrive uh, or on instagram at thrive tribe 3.14159 Again, I know that's a weird one. It's just pie. So it's three, it's thrive underscore tribe underscore 3.14159. Or of course you can join me in Facebook at my free group, which is Thrive Tribe Global. If you just search groups and you enter in Thrive Tribe Global, you should see us there um, and you can join it for free. Uh, I answer your questions in there, but if you guys send me a question through there, I will be sure to answer it here on this podcast. And as always, if you're ever interested in advertising on the show, please contact the Believe Network at Believe, B-L-E-A-V, at Believe.com. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.